What's up, lovebirds? It's the post-Valentine's Day episode of Drink KC's podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Roxy. And we're going to talk about KC Wineworks today. Yeah, it just seemed fitting. You know, wine is sort of associated with Valentine's Day. We're going to tell you a little bit about them, a little bit about the tastings. We've been in there a couple times and it was kind of neat to do more of a deep dive into who they are. Full disclosure, that's actually a lot of why we started the podcast is we've gone to almost all these places before. But usually we just show up and drink a lot and leave. And we think it's it's a cool thing to know about these places. They have so much history and neat things going on that you may not know about. (laughs) So Casey Wineworks was established in 2014. Uh, They opened their tasting room in the Crossroads Arts District of downtown Kansas City in April of 2016. And their motto is drink mo wine. Do you think they're going for mo as in Missouri or mo as in more? Yes. So kind of before we get more into this episode, I am totally a wino. Corey is not as much of a wino. Yep, not big into the wine. But I think it offers an interesting perspective because when you're going to a local Kansas City brewery, winery, or distillery, you may have a friend that's not really big into whatever like the main focus drink is. But I think 99% of the time, if that person's at least open to trying things, you're going to find something that they're at least going to find really interesting. Yeah, I I think I've not really found any wine that I'm like, yes, I want to drink this all the time. But I've had many wines where I'm like, this was super interesting, and I am glad to have a little bit at a time. So Casey Wineworks, uh, they're really cool. They're really open about their process and sourcing. Uh, They say there are no trade secrets in winemaking. So all the time they'll post stuff about like what makes a wine the way that it is, like how it's made. They post stuff about their vineyard, which we'll get more into here in a minute, and about the process of harvesting and creating wine. So they're really open about that stuff. This was Missouri's first grape-to-glass winery, which I was like, what does that mean? Where do grapes normally go (laughs) after harvesting? Yeah, I was really interested in that because I was like, do they make a quick stop at Taco Bell before they get to the glass? Is that why I love wine so much? But it's all of their wine grapes come from Missouri. The whole process start to finish happens in Missouri. So they do all of their barrel aging in American white oak barrels. Uh, So a lot of wineries will use French or Hungarian oak, but white oak really lends like nice hints of vanilla. Uh, So when they're doing barrel aging of their wines, uh, typically they said it's uh, 12 to 18 months is how long they age in the barrels. Uh, Some of them can be less than that. Their after dark wine only ages for eight months. Some of them can be not at all. Like some of their white wines. You know what the difference is between red and white wine? I would guess the type of grape they use. There are certain types of grapes that are white wines and some that aren't. But it is whether or not they include the skins. Red has skins, yeah. And white doesn't. Hmm. That's really cool. I know. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. Another interesting little wine factoid is the pumice or the leftover solids that are, are left over from the winemaking process. They end up giving that to like local farms to serve to their livestock. Oh. Like it doesn't get wasted. That's cool. Does it make the livestock taste better? <laughs> I don't know. It makes them easier to catch. <laughs> Come here, Bessie. Nope, Bessie. Nope. Over here. Bessie. Bessie, walk oh, a straight line. Oh, Bessie's Bessie. on the ground. Oh. oh. Oh, now she's calling her ex. No. <laughs> Hang up with Ferdinand. What have I told you? Ferdinand. <laughs> 10 out of 10 reference. So tell us about the vineyard that 
Casey Wineworks uses. Yes, so they've had a vineyard going for several years before they actually did their tasting room. So that's Silverleaf Vineyard. It's in Macon, Missouri, which is about an hour north of Columbia. It's a five and a half acre vineyard, which is watched by their vicious Labrador watchdog, Victor, who is definitely not just the most adorable looking dog in the world. He's an absolute terror in the (laughs) night. Check out their Instagram. He looks frightening. He is ferocious. (laughs) So just some neat things about their vineyard. Their vines are pruned by hand for about three months-ish, like between January and March. Yeah, so it's kind of early spring. And yeah, five and a half acres done by one guy. So the Silverleaf Vineyard supplies about 40% of the grapes that KC Wineworks uses in their wines, but 100% of their grapes come from Missouri vineyards. Yeah. So one thing I find really interesting, the difference between breweries, wineries, and distilleries. It's not completely unheard of for breweries and distilleries to be involved in the growing of their own ingredients. I know there's some places that do. But for wineries, it's so much more... I feel like it gives them more clout to have their own vineyard, which is amazing because vineyards are such a time and money sink. I mean, it requires land, requires all these supplies, and you have to invest years of growing these vines before they're ever ready to be turned into a wine, which then the winemaking process can take years. Casey Wineworks showed a picture of one of the many different kinds of vines that they have at their vineyard. And they were talking about how the, these Verona grapes had grown for four years and were just now finally ready for crushing. So we went in and had two different tastings. The most interesting one was the terroir tasting. It looks like terror, but it is not. The terroir was really interesting for me from like a science perspective because it was the same type of wine, Chamberson, and it was aged the same, same vintage, And the only difference was they pulled it from three different, still in Missouri, vineyards. The grapes are the same. The only thing different is where they were from in Missouri. They used Mill Rock Vineyard in Gerald, Missouri. Red Fox Vineyard in Uric, Missouri. And their own from Silverleaf Vineyard in Macon. It's interesting how these three wines that are technically the same wine taste quite a bit different you can really dive in there and see how just that one step really affects the flavor of it and it was really interesting the first one that i mentioned was mill rock vineyard that one had less of a vanilla than the other ones and i think that's why i liked it it was a little more tanniny a little more leathery and it had a lot more fruit tart flavor to it blackberries and currant yeah it was definitely a more fruit forward flavor the uh, Chamberson from Red Fox Vineyard. This is from a vineyard that's about an hour southeast of Kansas City. It was a really good blend of like fruitiness, of spiciness, of tannins, but wasn't super duper dry. To talk a little bit about the silver leaf. I think it had the most spice. Baking spice. It had a strawberry cranberry flavor to it. Mm. When you're comparing the same wine, basically, with these slight differences, the minutia of the differences really comes out, which is why it's so cool to compare these. I've done a ton of wine tastings. I love wine. I'm a really big fan. I've never done a wine tasting like this. But it was amazing that even within the same state, I mean, all of these wineries are probably a few hours from each other. 
And you can really taste the differences. Craft drink makers will tell you all of these factors that go into a drink matter and change how they taste. I think my favorite part about this is it usually seems like wine tastings are sort of like a a way for wineries to sell the wine to you, which is not a bad thing. It's great to kind of see like, oh, I, I really like this dry red from them or, oh, wow, yes, I really like their Chardonnay. I'll get a bottle of that. But usually it's kind of this, hey, here's a little bit of all of our wine so you know what to buy later. And this one was more like, we want to drop some knowledge on you. I'm not going to frown upon anyone who's just doing a sample yeah. of their wines because that's how you sell wine. And I love wine tastings. This felt like I was genuinely learning something and that was really cool. And I think that really speaks to their whole thing of there are no trade secrets in winemaking. They're so open about what goes into the process that they'll do a tasting like this that may not really sell you on one wine over another, but it's going to expand your knowledge about wine and it's going to expand your palate. When we first went, honestly, I was a little put off that there were only three wines on each of the wine tastings and I was a little apprehensive about that. And after having done them, I'm totally sold. I love that there were only three. First of all, they don't short you on the wine, so it's not like you're getting any less wine for your buck. And you really get to compare them better. You have more of a taste, so it's not just, you know, like one or two sips, and then it's like, okay, wait, what what did I just drink? There's enough to let it process, and I'm a huge fan. Then we also did their seasonal tasting, which was the Viognier, the Crossroads Red, and the... Sangria. The Viognier, I would say, was like a very drinkable white. It had like some tartness, it had some fruity flavors, but it wasn't overly dry. I am not a big dry white fan, but I liked it. It was very, it tasted like a summer day. And then the Crossroads Red is a blend. A blend of Chamberson and Noiré. If you had a bunch of people coming to a party and you wanted to have a red wine, but you didn't know what kind of red everybody liked, get the Crossroads Red. It's a very approachable, has everything any kind of drinker is looking for. Fruity, but not overly fruity and sweet. It had some tannins, but wasn't as dry as like a cab or stuff. It was so drinkable. Great middle of the road. Yeah. And then the Show Me Sangria is the first ever canned wine to come from Missouri. And tastes like fruit punch in a good way. It's totally fruit punch without being like overly sweet. It's not cloyingly sweet, which was nice. It's very raspberry. I remember that. Yes, very raspberry and pear is the one that I got. So they also have a lot of local business partnerships, not only just in the wine world. Yeah, so one of the neat things about them being in the Crossroads Arts District is if you haven't been there, it's a very collaborative environment. There's a ton of small businesses there. It's been this really like renovated part of town where all these small businesses have popped up and they really work together. I used to do First Fridays down there before COVID decided to suck the life out of the world, but they work with a lot of people in the crossroads. So their wine and chocolate pairing is actually with the chocolate company right next door. Elbow Chocolate. They also do lots of specials with food trucks and local restaurants. They also partner up with a bunch of breweries. And there's a whole bunch of breweries. There's Brewers Alley in the crossroads. So they do a lot of stuff with Brewery Imperial, which is one of their neighbors. Yep. They also do a collaboration with Tomstown. So Tomstown is a distillery in town. They're a little bit north of the crossroads. They recently released a series called the Machine Series. They're kind of experimental. Yes. So they made the Machine Number 8 
Apple Brandy. And this started with uh, Casey Wineworks Crossroads Apple. Yes, Apple, not Apple. I'm not just drunk and pronouncing it incorrectly. Apple is German for Apple. They had their Crossroads Apple Cider, which is made from Missouri apples. And then Tomstown took that and distilled it and aged it in Missouri American white oak barrels for two years and made this apple brandy. Which prompted me to ask, huh, is brandy just distilled wine? And it is. Yes, And that was interesting. So Casey Wineworks, totally go see them. They're only open Fridays and Saturdays right now. I think that's due to COVID. During the summer, I imagine they'll probably be opening up more. They're about three blocks east of the Casey streetcar, just east of 19th and Grand. So you should definitely go check them out and go get a tasting. And with that, we are Drink KC. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube if you would like captions for our podcasts. Next week, we'll be covering another local brewery. So, we're your local amateur alcohol aficionados. I'm Corey. I'm Roxy. And if you're drinking, you might as well drink KC. We'll see you next time. Bye.